Welcome to Your Career Podcast, the podcast that helps to ensure your career success. To start getting on track with your career, download my free career goals calendar from thecareersacademy.online. My goals calendar includes a smart goals template and a weekly tasks sheet that will ensure step-by-step you get closer to reaching your career goals. So download my goals calendar today at thecareersacademy.online. Now on with the show. Welcome to Jane Jackson Careers, a podcast to inspire you to take your career to the next level. In this podcast, I chat with amazing professionals who are leaders in their field and find out what's made them a success. Many of them have successfully made changes in their careers. They may have changed industry, changed job function, made big city or country moves, or taken the huge leap into entrepreneurship. I also share practical and actionable career tips for those who want to explore what to do next in their career and aren't sure about what steps to take to get moving. Subscribe to this podcast for regular updates or visit me at janejacksoncoach.com. This is Colin Gray from thepodcasthost.com and you're listening to Jane Jackson Careers. Well, hello and welcome back to my careers podcast, where I interview fascinating entrepreneurs and people who've made amazing career changes. Now, today I am so lucky to have Valerie Koo on the show. Valerie is the founder and national director of the Australian Writers' Centre, which is Australia's leading centre for writing courses. Over 25,000 students have learned at the centre and it has campuses in Sydney, Melbourne, Perth, as well as a huge online learning community enrolled from all over the world. The centre helps students get published, score book deals, change careers and improve their job prospects. It was a previous winner in the Telstra Business Awards and was named by Dell as one of the 10 most innovative small businesses in Australia. Valerie is also a journalist, small business commentator and author of the best-selling book Power Stories, the eight stories you must tell to build an epic business. Valerie blogs at ValerieKoo.com and today we have her on the show and it's a sunny Sunday afternoon in Sydney and I'd like to say a big welcome to Valerie. Hello Jane, it's great to be here. Oh, thanks so much for coming onto the show today. I can't wait to hear all about your career path because you've done so much and it all just sounds really, really fascinating. So how about to kick us off, we'll start with you when you were a little girl and what did what career did you dream about when when you were very young when i was little i wasn't really sure what i wanted to do but i did fancy the idea of being in business. Now, I didn't really know what being in business meant <laughs> because uh, I just liked the fact that people um, went to work in an office and they carried their little briefcase. <laughs> I didn't actually know what they did, um, but I kind of liked the idea that uh, they were doing you know, some kind of work that seemed really intelligent and, and, and fascinating and, and they were making things happen. So I didn't really have a concept of, um, of, of, of what that was. Uh, 
But I guess I enjoyed subjects at school at the time like um, commerce and economics and um, I did have a fascination for small business because uh, I used to read the small business pages in the newspapers. Um, but on the flip side of it as well, I was the sort of person who uh, after school I would go to the library and I would, instead of doing my homework, I would go through all of the magazines, the fashion magazines and the women's magazines and the girls' magazines, and I just loved getting lost in the pages of magazines. So there was one side of me that also – I don't think I actually – knew that I could get a career in magazines. I just uh, I just knew I was fascinated by that world, but I never thought I would actually be able to have a career in it. So, uh it's it's um those were the two areas I was drawn to and um you know, we'll see what transpired after that. Ah, okay. So, so business and also sort of publishing or magazines. I remember when I was I was a a young teenager as well, and sitting with my best friend, and we'd flip through all of the fashion magazines. And I, I remember just thinking, you know, what what sort of people create these? They're just mm. so far out of my realm that it was almost like magic in a way. And so, yes. what happened when you got a little bit older, and say you were uh, more in your mid to late teens and early twenties? How did things progress? Well, I decided to do, uh, even though I always had this interest in publishing and writing, uh, you know, I always did well at school. I won the English competition five out of the six years I was in school. So, you know, I had this um, uh, propensity for, for writing and communication. But for some reason, I never thought that it was a real career. I just thought that's what other people did. I didn't think that you could really get a career by just writing. Uh, I, I knew that there were jobs like journalists and authors, but I w- always had the impression that they were really, really hard to get into and that I didn't necessarily have the the skills or capacity to do it or I had no idea how to get into it. So this, it's this whole other world that seemed really glamorous. So I went the safe option and I ended up doing an economics degree and uh, it's it, because of that was an area of interest as well so that was fine but interestingly at my university the the subject choices that you could make from the economics degree were a little bit limited so by process of elimination just you know by deciding on the subjects that I didn't want to do I ended up majoring in accounting not because I had this massive passion for accounting but just because I didn't want to do the other subjects. <laughs> so I ended up majoring in accounting and economics. And uh, when you when you go through a degree like that, you it, it's very clear from the outset what your career path might be because at the time that I was going through university, uh, companies really wanted to recruit economics and accounting graduates. We were really in demand. So we were courted by these companies from while we were still at university, you know, while we were at university, we went to cocktail parties and, you know, fancy restaurants and had all these events that uh, the companies used to host to try and recruit us. So it was all very, um, you know, easy 
to 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 just fall into this conveyor belt and and eventually uh, start climbing the corporate ladder because getting a job was easy, getting a good job was easy, getting you know um, it it was they they promised uh, the companies promised you a great career path, you could see the world and you know I was very fortunate that I was able to at a very young age go work in London and I worked uh, in Sydney and uh, and and I joined the world of chartered accounting and so it was just something that happened before I knew it to be honest and I didn't make very many conscious decisions <laughs> that I should take my career in one direction or another it's just something that eventuated obviously having done an economics degree I didn't go down the path of publishing or, or writing it was just something that you know, I thought oh well that's not for me I'll go down this path at mm. the time Actually, it's really interesting because having a, a solid degree, which is like what would put in um, inverted commas, a sensible degree mm. with accounting and economics. And then, of course, you get like the KPMGs and the Ernst and Youngs and everyone wooing the top graduates. And mm. obviously, you must have had amazing results and, and then started on your, your CA career path. That's mm. one way of going. And a lot of people aspire to that. Um, but for you, knowing that you run the Australian Writer Centre and somehow you must have extricated yourself from the world of accounting mm. um, and then moved somehow into publishing or writing or more of a creative field, how many years did you spend in um, accounting and, and with, you know, an accounting firm as a CA before you thought, hmm, I'm going to make a bit of a change here? Sure. Only a couple of years because I actually started while I was still in university because they courted us while we were still at university. I had jobs throughout university in my summers, uh, you know, and, and then straight into a role as soon as university finished. So it was only a couple of years. And um, uh, it, was, it, it was a great firm. It was, you know, PwC. It was a great firm. And I certainly will never, ever, ever regret the decision of studying accounting or, go, or, or, or taking the job because uh, it, it was a great experience and it was, you know, you learn skills that literally do stay with you for life. Mm. So if somebody is aspiring to go down that path, you know, more power to you. It, it, it's, it's definitely a great path to go down. It's just that it wasn't the right path for me. So I guess what happened after a couple of years, I did realize this isn't quite feeling right and it's you know even though I had it was wonderful um, company I mean as in the people I worked with were, were fantastic uh, as was the firm it there's something wasn't quite gelling in terms of I knew I wasn't passionate about what I was doing so what I did then was uh, while I was still in the accounting firm I enrolled in a um, postgraduate program in communications and in that program, you learnt, you know, uh, you could major in public relations or and journalism and a number of other, you know, uh, um, topic areas, except I decided to focus on journalism and public relations. And even then, even though I was majoring in journalism, for some reason, I still didn't think this was a real option. I think in the back of my head, I had always thought, um, uh, associated writing or writers with being poor <laughs> or so maybe not poor but not making a great deal of money at all uh, and I, I didn't want to do that I wanted 
to, you know, make okay money. I wanted to make decent money. I didn't want to struggle. That wasn't, there was nothing appealing to me about struggling. And for some reason at the back of my head, you know, because there's so many, you hear so many stories about writers who are struggling to make ends meet and who are suffering for their art and who are starving in a garret. (laughs) And I guess I believed that. So I never really thought that that was going to be an option for me. So, but it was certainly an area of interest anyway. I, I I was so wrong at the time, of course, as I discovered later. But that's, I guess that's what didn't make me fully embrace the idea of being a writer uh, at the time. So even though I went to do this postgraduate study and eventually I uh, quit my corporate job so that I could, you know, focus on my studies, uh, but also, and then I just did some part-time jobs and, and uh, while I was studying. Uh, at the end of it, I, interestingly, because I still didn't have that confidence or belief, that I could be a writer or that I could, you know, carve out a decent living as a writer, I went into public relations, which was the other thing that I majored in. So it was kind of this strange, this interesting hybrid between still being in the corporate world, but doing something a little bit more creative than accounting. And I spent a few years in public relations, uh, which was, you know, good fun. And what I managed to do during those few years was to write on the side. So I started freelancing. So it was a, it was a slow route to, to, to writing. I started freelancing after hours while I was doing my public relations corporate job during the day. And I thought, you know, this is great. I can satisfy my creative urges by doing this on the side and I can still have my corporate job during the day. But I guess after a while, that that itch was still there and I, 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 I got to the stage where, again, it didn't feel quite right to just be doing it on the side. So I thought, you know, I've got to do something about it and that's when I decided, okay, it's, it's now or never. I have to actually see where this could really take me. Mm. That, I mean, it's, it's so interesting. I think, yes, it was a very brave move to move out of – Uh, more of the corporate world when it comes to the finance side of things, where obviously salaries would be a little bit higher, especially to start off with as well, and then moving into uh, communications and journalism. And it's so funny when when you say it's like suffering for your art, starving (laughs) for your art. You know, you you, you can imagine like a writer up in an attic somewhere with a candle for light, (laughs) (laughs) writing away and then never having enough to eat. But I mean, it's so very different, but it does sound quite romantic doesn't it and so okay so you did another sensible thing so you went into PR because that that obviously would have given you great exposure as well but I still think having that economics and accounting degree so good for the financial side of things for Mm. you as an entrepreneur because you know understand I mean it just gives you a really good good sort of basic background so that you can manage the finance as well as do all of the creative stuff that really inspires you and I always find careers are interesting because there's always a pull, something that keeps pulling you, even though your head keeps telling you the sensible thing is to do one thing or another thing. But Mm. I just love this so much. So obviously the writing was something that was deep within you that was like a really burning desire. Is that what happened? Yeah, even Mm. though I didn't admit it to myself at the time, because I always had that itch, I realized that I really need to give it a go. So yes, I think that deep down, 
down. I mean, the fact that I won the English competition five out of the six times, mm. six years I was at high school should have told me something, but I ignored that signal, didn't I? <laughs> and, um, uh, and, and because I, I always had that itch to finally – until I made myself explore it properly, I think that that was something in me that I really was passionate about and really had to try and go after or I would have forever felt um, that I was ripping myself off or forever felt dissatisfied or forever felt that something was missing from my life. Mm. So so what happened? So you were in PR writing on the side. Then did you turn things around and, and decide to leave PR and then go into writing more full time or how how did that progress yeah so i was in a you know good job in pr and i was a senior consultant in a national pr firm and i was happily doing this writing stuff on the side but literally one day i woke up and it, I, I just literally woke up one september it was a september and i thought to myself i've just got to give it a go or I'm never going to know. And from that minute on, I thought I, I just decided to put a lot of my effort into seeing if I could get a full-time job as a writer. And so I spent every, you know, wake every hour after hours uh, writing to people, talking to people, um, just th- literally throwing myself into it outside of uh, my working hours just to see what would happen. I didn't even really have a strategy at the time. I just talked to people and uh, and literally cold, not cold call, but cold wrote <laughs> to mm-hmm. cold contacted uh, people just to see if um, – there was an opening and I threw all my energies into that and one month later, literally one month later, I got – and I got various responses, you know, nice people saying nice things to me mm-hmm. but nothing really concrete. But I got um, – one month later, I got a very positive response from um, a major publication, a major publishing house saying, okay, let's talk and uh, within – Oh, a, a week or two, they had offered me a job as a full-time job as a writer. And I thought that all my Christmases had come at once because it was, um, you know, something that I always wanted to do. It was uh, it was a, a job that sounded really fun and um, it was a no-brainer for me to – and I, I was just so excited. I remember when – I remember the the offer being made to me, you know, in person and I accepted straight away and I remember walking out of uh, the office and calling my best friend and I was we just so excited. Um, but, of course, then all of my um, – uh, my dream came true but my fears came true too because um, – I I I had always thought, you know, oh, you, to be a writer, you've got to be poor. And you've got to bear in mind, <laughs> I had come from a chartered firm. I had then gone into a national PR firm as a senior consultant. I was on – I wasn't rolling in it, but I was on decent money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I got offered this job and it paid next to nothing. Mm-hmm. It was – well, it was a drop of probably um, – I would say 30 or 40% in mm. salary, which is massive, mm. massive. And, but I, it, it was a no-brainer for me. I knew in my heart I had to say yes, even though I had a mortgage, mm. 
I had and a 30-40% drop <laughs> when you're servicing a mortgage by yourself <laughs> mm. and rent uh, is, is, is significant. But I just knew I had to say yes and I said yes straight away. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, you know, this, this, this money's crap, but I'm going to do it anyway. But I truly believe that if you do what you love, the money will follow. And even though I took that drop in salary and I actually sold my property because there's no way I was going to be able to service it, but I don't regret it that one, se- one second because within six months, because I was so passionate about what I did, I was so enthusiastic. I just went, I gave 500% to that job and within six months, I was being offered a job that was, you know, four times that salary. Mm. So that it, it was a very short-term um, sacrifice for a long-term gain. Yeah, well, sometimes not you... even long-term. It was only six <laughs> months later. Yeah, but sometimes you have to make that sacrifice um, in order to be able to pursue what really is your dream. Yeah. And it's not it's not easy to step in, you know, at a certain salary level right away. But obviously, you proved yourself when you got into, you know, becoming a writer. Um, and it, I think it just shows that really this this is what was in your heart, and it was so important to you. The fact that you sold your property in order to be able to ensure that you could carry on at that lesser uh, salary, but having obviously proven yourself because this is this is what the passion is, then the money started to come. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, and, you fantastic. know, then I could buy another property. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to, you know, tighten your belt for a little while in order to, you know, get to the next stage. And it's more of a long-term plan, isn't it? Yes. And, and so then, so you became a successful writer. Mm. And how did that um, over time progressed to you becoming the founder and national director of the Australian Writers' Centre? Well, I wrote mainly, at the time, I was writing and editing women's magazines. So I started off as a writer and then I became an editor and um, it was, you know, great fun, uh, wonderful experience. Uh, but after a few years, you, you when you're writing for women's magazines, you only write about specific topics. You, you know, because women's magazines have a formula and they, depending on which magazine you write for, you write about very specific things. You can't write about just anything. And I just, I guess I got to the stage where I had written about all of those topics, you know, fashion and celebrities and relationships and um, profiles of people and beauty and, you know, all that kind of stuff, Um, health. And I wanted to write about other things. I wanted to write about entrepreneurs. I wanted to write about issues. I wanted to write about just things that weren't were outside of the purview of the fashion magazines and I realized that I couldn't do that if I was in-house at a fashion at a, at a women's magazine so I, I realized that I needed to go freelance because when you're freelance then you can write about anything at all like literally anything whether it's sport or politics or you know yachting or or fashion or or you know pets or anything <laughs> uh so um, I decided to go freelance, which was a little bit scary uh, at first, but that was okay. I, I, I really enjoyed the flexibility and the variety of, of freelance work. And I did that for um, uh, some years. But interestingly, as a side, uh, you know, adventure, <laughs> I started a fashion and homewares label. 
and a, uh, we had a store in Pitt Street Mall and we um, uh, we sold in Sydney and Singapore and Siem Reap in Cambodia because what it was a social enterprise and we uh, we didn't draw a salary from this. It was because we went to visit orphanages in Cambodia and we really wanted to find a sustainable way to help the orphanages. And so 100% of the profits, and we drew no salary, as I mentioned, went to support the orphanage, orphanages, two orphanages in Cambodia. And all of the products, almost all of the products, were made by people who were in disadvantaged groups, you know, vulnerable women, um, uh, people with disabilities in Cambodia, so that they had a way to earn an income. And we generated a whole lot of, you know, different products and and sold them at uh, high-end places online and, as I mentioned, the, uh, a store in Pitt Street Mall. So that was the this, – this happened on the side <laughs> while I was doing my freelance work. And it is difficult to because, – because I earn no money from the um, social enterprise, uh, but it took up a lot of time. Uh, it, it, and that was fine because I was happy to commit the time. It was a real juggling act to make sure I was uh, earning enough money and carving out a career path in the freelance world uh, as well as spending the time on the social enterprise. But I guess what happened was it kind of um, got to a stage where I realized, you know what, I because I was spending so much time on the orphanage work, I realized that my income was – dollars for hours or in my case dollars for words and you can only write so many words in 24 hours <laughs> you can't actually um generate more uh just and it's it's just, it's a situation that many consultants face that um you uh, are trading time for money and i realized that i also needed to um make sure that if i was going to continue um whether it was doing work for the orphanage or any of my other passion projects or just you know um doing my own creative art I needed to be in a situation where I need I had to create a model where it wasn't dollars for hours. And that's sort of what spearheaded the Australian Writers Centre um, because I had always been asked by people to mentor them and teach them how to write. And uh, because I had a lot of writers' friends, they were also asked a similar thing. And I realized that there was a real gap in the market for people wanting to learn from professionals, um, the, the, a really good solid framework on how to write. And um, I, I knew that also because when I was an accountant and I was transitioning to become a writer, I had gone to so many different writing courses, so many different um, writer centers. And they some of them were were great and some of them were horrendously hopeless and and some of them were just really hokey and unprofessional and i wanted to create the kind of writer center that was really professional that had very um high, that had high standards for um you know in terms of who was allowed to teach there and in terms of the quality of the courses and i wanted to create the kind of writer center that i wish had existed when I 
was myself exploring the world of writing. So that's kind of how it came about. Wow, oh, that's such a fascinating story because, first of all, it shows not only were you following your passion for writing, but also you've got that very strong uh, community spirit uh, to to create a social enterprise and help the orphanages in Cambodia and, and give back to the community as well, which is such a lovely thing to do. And then when you created the Australian Writers' Centre, you noticed a gap in the market. Yes. Right. It was too hard. You decided it was too hard when you were trying to gather information and receive the training. So create something that wasn't there. And so now with the Australian Writers Centre, tell me about the different offerings that you have. So at the Australian Writers Centre, we're in Sydney. You can learn either at our campuses in Sydney or Melbourne or Perth or online. About 50% of our students actually learn online because we have a really vibrant and robust online platform. And basically, you can learn everything from, you know, writing a novel to travel writing to writing magazines to screenwriting if you want to write a a Hollywood blockbuster. But also there's professional courses like professional business writing, and editing at work um, and there's a, there's basically a whole range of courses that you can choose from. There's like 45 courses you can pick from. Mm-hmm. And so do you find um, the people who enroll in your courses, are many of them straight from uh, university or from high school or are they working professionals who want to follow their passion as well? Typically working professionals, although we do get a handful that are from high school or university uh, and, you know, then they enjoy it. And some of them have said to me, oh, my God, I've learned more in five weeks than I learned in my whole three years at university. (laughs) But the bulk are actually people who have already started some kind of career and they are either wanting to improve their writing skills to uh, forge forward in the career that they have chosen. So they're quite happy with their career. They just want to improve their writing skills to get to the next level or they're thinking they're not quite satisfied in their thinking of career change. They just want to explore this because our courses are sh- uh, our foundation courses are short. You can just dip your toe in the water. But a huge group also are professional people who are taking time out. Maybe they're having kids or something like that and they don't need to go into the office anymore. But they don't want to, you know, lose touch with with their skills. And so they are doing the courses because they know that they're going to be stimulated. But what we're finding is that a lot of these professional people who who are taking their time out and exploring this, the world of writing – initially really just for fun, they're carving out part-time careers in writing and some of them have gone full-time because they've realized they've got this really valuable skill now and they can freelance while they're, you know, having their time out. I mean, what what a wonderful opportunity for someone to really follow something that's pulling them so strongly. Now, it sounds like at the Writers' Centre, it's not just how to write well. It's also how to get published, how to get a book deal. Um, so so you, you actually uh, teach the business side of writing as well? Yeah, I'm really passionate about that because mm. when I was, uh, you know, ex- before the Australian Writers exist, Australian Writers Centre existed, and I was going to other, all these other writers centres, there was uh, there's a lot of theory and a lot of you know writers who were teaching the courses, but there was a lot of gloom and doom. They they all talked about how hard it was to be a writer, and no one really. Um, 
the thought that it, it, it was just this faraway dream. And we just don't believe that because so many of our students get published. So many of our students get book deals. So many of our students, every single day I open the paper and there's a byline in the paper or magazine uh, by our students. And we really focus on the practical aspects of, you know, we've now taught you how to write. So you got you got to learn that first, <laughs> obviously. And now that you know that, we're going to teach you how to get published. We're going to teach you these are the steps if you actually want to get a book deal or if you want to um, get a column in your favorite magazine. These are the steps. You've got to take the steps, <laughs> but we're, we're telling you what they are. And it's it's like people say to us, it's if we actually just did, you know, people who have, who's, who've succeeded, they said, I, all I did was just follow exactly what the course told me to do. And it just happened. And that's the beautiful part of it, I suppose. It's still in the hands of the um, of the student, and they make it happen themselves, which is which is which I find very exciting. Oh, and very inspiring as well. Which leads us very nicely into your own book, Power Stories: The Eight Stories You Must Tell to Build an Epic Business. Mm. Now, now you've got got a, a, a wonderful endorsement here from Seth Godin uh, as well, which, which is fascinating. I'm holding your beautiful book in my hands right now. Tell me about Power Stories, the book. Power Stories was a book that really combined two of my passions. One was the world of business and entrepreneurship and one was the world of writing and storytelling. So I thought what better way to um, you know, combine them than to do it in a book and that's why it's, it's, the, it's storytelling for business. And um, it's something that I was really interested in because what I noticed was that there was a real decline in the use of storytelling in business because, you know, PowerPoint presentations and pie charts and graphs and people, you know, not really just talking about the data because we were told for so long that data is king. But I realized that even though stories were alive and well in the arts, they were not alive and well uh, in 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 the corporate world. They're coming back now. People are realizing the power of storytelling. And so I thought that's why I wanted to write this book because I wanted to show people in the corporate world, people in business, how they could use the simple art of storytelling to convert customers, to grow their business, to position themselves as leaders in their industry, you know, uh, and and. I guess what I wanted to do, as I do with all of our courses, is break it down into here's the framework. This isn't just theory. This isn't just examples. These, This is the template. This is what you need to do to make it happen. And, you know, I've been really happy with the, the feedback that I get from people that they they follow the template and they make it happen. And where can people find this book? Uh, Booktopia, I mean, lots of bookshops, but the easiest way is probably Booktopia mm-hmm. or Amazon. Yeah. Okay, so find it on Amazon.com. Now, Valerie, I, I could talk to you for hours and hours, and I know that in about 10 minutes you've got another interview. So people, <laughs> people are booking you in for all of these interviews, and so I must, <laughs> must be careful with the time. But it's been so interesting hearing your story uh, from when you were a little girl and what you were hoping for and then going into an economics degree 
degree, an accounting major, and then getting into PR and journalism, and then creating the Australian Writers' Centre and writing your own books as well, as well as your own social enterprise with um, your, your fashion and homeware label. You've done so many things in your life. It's incredible. So if people want to follow you, and I'm sure they will. I know you're on Twitter and you're on social media because you are a social media guru. I've, atten <laughs> I've attended your talks and I've been really inspired myself. Where can people find you? Uh, they can go to my website, ValerieKoo.com. That's K-H-O-O. -O, or I am Valerie Koo on, you know, Twitter, Instagram. Um, it's easy to find me on Facebook. Uh, yeah. Whole okay. lot of places. Okay, so va ValerieKoo.com. And also, you've got the uh, the Writers' Centre. So that's writerscentre.com.au. Is that correct? That's right. Where they can find you. Wonderful. And so I'll be stalking you on Twitter, Valerie, <laughs> fo <laughs> following all of your posts. And um, so what's next for Valerie Koo? What's next? We're actually growing <clears throat> at the Writers' Centre uh, because, as I mentioned, there's a huge proportion of our community that are, that are online and certainly that uh, part of the community is growing. So we're, we're, we'll be launching shortly more online courses and membership options and uh, that's going to be really fun because I think one of the most exciting parts of my job and I didn't even know this when I first started the business I didn't think about this but it I discovered this as time went on. One of the exciting parts of my job is the community, is the people that I meet, is the students who just continue to inspire me every single day because of what they do with their writing. And I want to create a, um, you know, this great nurturing environment. It's not just nurturing, but full of resources that can help the people who want to be in our community. So that's we're, we're, we're growing that more and more every day. Oh, that's fantastic. And so there'll be ongoing support for people who want to get into writing or into journalism or who want to publish their own books. It's not just get in, do a course and leave. There's ongoing right. support as well. That's that's just yep. fantastic, wonderful, wonderful support. So thank you so much, Valerie, for our chat today. I've learned a lot. It's been really interesting. And I hope that um, maybe in a few months' time you'd like to come back and tell us how things are going with the um, the membership option and all of the additional courses. Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you so much, Valerie. Enjoy the rest of this sunny Sunday. My pleasure. Okay, bye. You've been listening to Jane Jackson Careers. Sign up to receive regular career advice at janejacksoncoach.com. If you enjoyed this episode of Your Career Podcast, I invite you to check out my career success program at thecareersacademy.online. The Career Success Program is the original program that uniquely provides 24-7 on-demand career support and fortnightly live career coaching sessions to keep you on track to reach your career goals. It is the essential resource for anyone who wants to manage their career effectively, make a career change and land the job they'll love. Whether you're in exploration mode, 
road or seeking a new career direction and need help to make it a reality, the Career Success Program is for you. Not only do you get access to my step-by-step roadmap to navigate your career crossroads, my extensive training library and exclusive members-only discounts and tools, you'll also become part of my supportive community of professionals who will help you with feedback, encouragement and advice. All this and more makes the Career Success Program the number one place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow their career. Check it out and join me at thecareersacademy.online.